0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Build Your Team Show. As always, I am your host, Team. And if you're in the place in your business right now where you need to grow your team, first hire, looking to manage those people you got, you're in the right place. And my guest today, Dion Braun, he's here to share with us some of his expertise and he's built some mad teams in multiple industries. And as always, Build Your Team is brought to you by Client Attraction Pros. Hey, it's time that you become the thought leader of your industry, and we're going to help you do that and make it fast, easy, and fun.
1: Dion, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Atiba, for having me. Thank you guys for listening to this man's show. I know he's providing valuable information and tools for you guys, strategies, and all the good stuff that it takes to build your best business. So, Atiba, thank you for having me. And guys, thank you for listening.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you. So I want to take you back. okay? Okay. And because you built multiple types of things, and so you get to choose how far back. Okay. Want to go into history with this question? But I want to take you back to that point where you realized, either in real estate or in your current business, when I need help and I need to go find some people to help me. In other yep. words, hire somebody. Yep. Right. Okay? I want you to take us back to that time and what was kind of going on emotionally, psychologically, and even physically
1: with that process of hiring okay and this is like my first one yeah okay all the way back wow all the way back man so to be clear i've been in a management capacity since i was not old enough to actually be in a management capacity so a lot of my early hires were based on something that i think i hold true today i just look at it slightly differently those first hires were based on just finding really talented people and i think that oftentimes we can look for fits right but if Mm -hmm. our universe if our vision isn't so broad that genuinely talented people don't want to get into business with us only the people that fit the specific role that we're hiring for they were only going to be as big as the people that we hire so my first hire was so i spent a lot of time in the marketing space the branding space and a bit of that was like market research and if anyone's been in a market research capacity man it's like call centers it's a lot Mm -hmm. and so i had it's actually a really great story so i had been able to be a part of like a prison to job work situation where i worked with the city with a specific company to find individuals that were deemed unhirable due to their record, their criminal record, but that deserved an opportunity to really showcase their talent and showcase their value because we know that criminal background isn't necessarily equivalent to the person that you are today. Everyone gets the chance to grow and change and become a fully realized person as they deem fit. And so it's Absolutely. always been important for me in every part of my career to make sure that there's some sense of give back, there's some sense of reciprocity, there's some sense of whatever. So hiring these people, right? But, but I'm also unprepared as like a 20-something-year-old to be dealing with like the mental, emotional, s- social, psychological issues that come with being fresh out of a prison system. So the idea right. of the hire was great, The actual process of hiring, not so much for a whole bunch of reasons, right? Like you're dealing with a set of individuals that, you know, are kind of newly entering into the workforce. You know, you're talking about human resource. You're talking about, you know, compliance. You're talking about dress code, right? You're talking about the job, but you also know that these people are really looking for an opportunity to change the trajectory of their lives, their families' lives, their children's lives. So it's like you have to humble yourself in those hires and be a servant as opposed to a leader because your job is to listen as opposed to lead and direct. So that was like my first hire situation. And it was crazy. It was amazing. I learned so much. I even see a lot of the people that I hired both from men's and women's corrections and they're doing great. They're out in the world. They're being productive. They're starting businesses. And so, just I think having that opportunity to hire in such a non traditional traditional way, right, like yeah, like a non corporate you know sort of linear way was a really great way for me to learn how much culture matters, fit matters, how much talent matters, versus some of the other r- metrics that we tend to apply to getting a new hiring. yeah, no, absolutely,
0: you know it's interesting because it's those moments often that seem like left field that teach you such greatness about life right and such greatness about the the possibilities and so i'm curious as your career has gone on and you know mid-20s it was what six seven years or so ago slightly slightly close thank you appreciate that right but you know what were some of those lessons that you picked up there that You know, maybe you wouldn't have picked it up in other environments, but have really helped you in
1: other environments. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things, and just to give your audience some context, I've done hirings for like Adidas, for hospitality groups, in real estate, led as CEO, as marketing director, CMO, some really great companies. Mostly, though, a lot of the projects, a lot of the roles that I've taken have been about restructuring existing mm. teams, organizations, departments, right? So a lot of it right. has been about sort of figuring out people first and really understanding how people really focus on the day-to-day parts of the business, but also the overall culture of the business, right? Like, how do people feel about the business as employees? How do people feel about the business right. as directors? So. Here's some things that I've learned in that first part of the process, in that early 20 stage, that I've been able to apply to other parts of my business. The first is you got to know yourself. You have to have a Mm. clear idea of who you are as a person. What's your communication style? What's your leadership style? What's your vision? How well do you communicate, right? If you don't really know who you are, you will hire talent, but not be able to retain them because the way that the relationship that you build with them will be built on the way that you think you're being perceived versus the way you actually are functioning and relating to that person. So with that said, you might need some assessments. Get some assessments, assessments saved my life. Let's see, but I'm telling you like between, there's an Enneagram that does like ratings of statements like I am less like this, more like this. There's Meyer Briggs, which does, like, the four personality quadrants. There's the disc, dominance, influence, steadiness, conscientiousness. Those four tests, Enneagram, Meyer Briggs, disc, and – oh, those three. Those three, I think, are going to be some key players in helping anyone hire the right person because between the three, they will tell you how a person works in a team structure, how they deal with supervision if they need supervision if they're a leader if they're not a leader it'll give you a lot about how they see the world and what their viewpoint is and i think it's important that we understand that type of stuff like how someone's going to relate to your team how they're going to relate to the culture and i figured that out early on is that i couldn't individually be the only person that is the determiner of a hire so right now i use assessments I use other people on management team, other people that are on non-management portions of the team. So that might be just a regular employee and staff, right? So front desk person, for instance, right? Like bring them into the hiring process and the team building process because they affect other parts of your business. That person may not be directly influencing, but if you're building a culture and you're building a business where there's cohesion, and there's interconnectivity between departments and people. And you want to make sure that person's not just really good for this one specific thing, but just really good to the overall company. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you just said a bunch of
0: stuff, and I just took a bunch of notes and stuff to come back to. Sure. I don't even know where to start because, <laughs> well, I want to go back to a point, but I feel like going all the way back there, we're going to miss so much good stuff that you said there, but hopefully we can tie it together here. Okay. Right? you've often come in and had to restructure teams or departments, and so in the lens of culture and a lot of the other things that you said right number one what causes a company to realize that they need to restructure a team and or number two is it ever that you come in and then you have to say you know what y'all need y'all need to restructure this thing and like what are those markers that make you realize We may
1: need restructure. Absolutely. Great question. So I think that like a bunch of it comes to alignment. It's all about alignment, right? Mm -hmm. Like is everyone aligned to the vision of the organization? Is the vision of the organization aligned to its customer base? Are stakeholders, shareholders aligned to projections around the company that are clear and that are accurate, right? And I think that When you look at all of those points of conversion, all of those points in which alignment is needed in order to move forward, when alignment isn't present, then a restructure needs to happen. And to be Mm. fair, sometimes the restructure had to be, I think the CEO might not be a good fit. It feels like everyone else in the company has one direction. CEO may have a different one. It might have been, I've been in situations where HR had to be changed because their new hires weren't in line with where the company was going. Instead, it was in line with where the company had been traditionally. So those are points of like restructure where I've had to come in and say, guys, I think someone needs to go or this needs to change. Other times, the organization can see that there is this dissonance, this distance, this unalignment between people in an organization And themselves great example i came into an e-commerce company and they had different divisions working a pr division a branding division a marketing division sales division picks all that stuff from their hiring process they had basically divided a lot of their departments into ethnicities or at least it Hmm. seemed that way and so the company was having a problem because it would seem that certain departments were paid less attention to could take less holidays than other departments wow. and because certain ethnicities were de- dominant in certain departments it seemed like it was racially fueled so leadership was like that's not our intent the boots on the ground said well this is what the perception is this is the lived experience right so i had to come in and recognize that one there was some natural merging of departments that needed to come together that would allow for more balanced perspective and also just Creating like town forums, town halls, so that leadership mm-hmm. could have direct conversation about how valuable each part, each unit of their company was, right? And so a bit of it was just like teaching and listening, right? Like the biggest thing in restructuring an organization is you got to come in and listen and not leave. Like, and so I spent a whole probably six months just listening. I know they were like, why are we paying you for listening? But I learned a lot about and was, their people. Yeah. You know, and that's something that you learn
0: from working with the corrections, right? And people, it's just you gotta listen to them before
1: you can lead them. Yeah, and listen, right. these guys and the correction side, we were doing like all the major market research, and so we we're doing a lot of political, a lot of medical, new science, some commercial, a lot of foreign mm-hmm. language. And so, what I found is that there are a ton of bilingual people in multiple languages that had come out of a correction facility that had this natural talent, right? That could get on the phone and talk to people and talk and speak in the native language. And so it was like, this is such a, you know, it wasn't in the company before, but it was such a clear case for, you know, if we need bodies, then let's find people that really have a vision for their life and let's help them get there. You know what I mean? And like, I learned yeah, so absolutely. much about dealing with people and listening to people at that role. It was great yeah that's awesome
0: that's awesome okay so that's the restructuring of teams and yep. departments and i hope that, that anybody who's listening kind of heard where dion was coming from there and on the misalignment and that feeling of misalignment and finding the misalignment and being able to deal with that even if that's coming from the top yep right but then there was another point that you made i told you you made so many great points i want to add. Go, go back to it. Well i sure that one. in the time frame that we
1: have, that I give you and your audience as much as I have to offer. So So, decide, learn learn right
0: now. so I appreciate you. that. I'm glad to. So, you know, it almost sounds cliche, okay? Right? Know yourself. And you took it a little bit further, and yeah. you talked about communication and vision and your style but then how assessments sort of play in there yep. as well, right? Because it's not just them, the people you're hiring taking the assessment, you ought to take the assessment yourself to know thyself, yep, right? Not yep. just give it. But how do you deal? How do people deal with that now? Because, you know, it's... No one taught us how to do that in school.
1: So... A bit of it, I think, is unteachable. I think a bit Mm. of it is like, and this is going to sound very meditative and like yoga centric, but a bit of it is having a clear sense of who you are, relinquishing your ego, like not letting a role or a title or a position dictate your personality but to lead with who you actually fundamentally are as a person. And I think a bit of it is emotional intelligence. Like, do you have empathy? Do you understand that everyone has their own human experience that is valuable and worthy, right? Like if someone comes to me and they're trying to get hired for a creative director position and they deserve 300000 and some other person comes up to me and they're looking for a graphic designer job at $11, I don't know if that graphic designer for $11 today will be creative director tomorrow worth $500,000, right? And so it's important that you understand that where you meet people is not necessarily where you will be and where they will be. And so I think when we understand that, we first need to kind of get a grip on who we are and how we present in the world in order to attract really good talent. That's like a magnetism thing, right? Like if you know, For instance, there's this great quote, Virgil Abloh, designer, did a bunch of things for a bunch of companies, Louis Vuitton, Nike, Off-White. He once said, my door is always open. There's no hierarchy. I don't shut the door and get people to ask permission to come in. He was a person that structured himself around an open door policy. Now, I argue that I know some leaders that really need to be put away they need to be like in their own space they need to be quarantined because when you let them out you leave that door open you don't know what you're going to hear you don't know what they're going to say you just don't know right so if you know that you're a person at 9 a.m when you walk into the office you're probably not your best self then maybe you don't schedule your meetings until 10. right like if you know that you're a person that you you use conference calls and team meetings to create teachable moments instead of leadership moments that may actually compromise the person who you're trying to teach Mm -hmm. in front of an audience, then maybe you do one-on-ones with your staff instead of trying to find teachable moments in team and group meetings. I think you gotta know yourself so that when you are maneuvering in the world, that your best intent is actually being delivered as your best action. Sometimes we have really great intent, But the action doesn't show it because we don't really know how the world is interpreting our actions and how we're moving. That whole piece, man, seriously,
0: and which is why I went back and leaned into that, you know, the know yourself. That is so critical when you're leading teams. Yep. Like if you don't know what to expect from yourself. Yep
1: how are they know what to expect from you? Exactly. And if they know what to expect from you, then everyone makes adjustments. Like leadership can sometimes want people to adjust to their temperament without clearly defining what their temperament is. So it's like if every other yeah. day you're moody, then it's going to take someone three months to figure out from the confusion <laughs> of their week that every other day you're booting. If you just say right. that implicitly, like, hey, listen, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I tend to have rough days, Tuesday, Thursdays, I'm really good, I'm really open, I'm here for you guys. Then everyone comes in understanding if you're really crappy on a Wednesday, he said that, right? But if I gotta right. figure out that every three days, something's wrong, then you're probably not gonna retain me because that's not a stable work environment. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly, exactly. Cool. Now I'm going to force you to lean into something else that you said. OK? Because this is a big one, and it's one that I don't want us to gloss over because you touched it and you kept coming back to it. but I want us to lean in and kind of hammer this here, because so many people, especially business owners, mm-hmm. especially small business owners, got into business because they were tired of someone else's thumb on them. And they wanted some level of freedom okay now with that freedom comes a three-letter word that you use but you said we had to relinquish it and that's ego so you touched on it just now a little bit you danced with it a bit in there about you know knowing yourself putting yourself away if you you know if you're not good at 9 a.m you know All those types of things are getting to relinquishing some ego, but let's dive in there even further because there's so many times and you going in and having to restructure, I know you've seen this. There's so many times where that head person is like, I'm head in charge. It's my way. And the ego often is what's ruining everything. So let's lean into that. How do we get to one, how do you know if your ego is ruining things? And two. How do you start to relinquish?
1: Okay. All right. So give me the second question in a sec, but I'm going to answer your first one. So how do you know when you are, when your ego is a problem? Honestly, I don't think that people with ego problems will ever find out that they have an ego problem because I think ego itself lends itself to not asking questions about how you're performing and what you're doing, right? I think that it comes to you by having trusted advisors. I think that's the first thing. I think when you have people Mm. that you trust around you that can be authentic with you and transparent with you, then their feedback will lend itself. And that's the best scenario. The worst scenario is that you find yourself in some level of rock bottom. Either all your talented people have left your organization. You can't retain someone for very long. You find that people are agreeable with you in a way that doesn't lead to progress, but the goal is just to not be combative with you or to not disagree <laughs> with you. I think that in the worst case scenario, you find that, different sectors of your life mirror one another so you might not have a really happy home life may not have a really happy professional life with friends that you enjoy your network may not feel Close to you, or you may not feel close to your network. And professionally, you may not really get along with your team in a way that they implicitly trust you to lead them in the right way, right? You'll find that yeah. more people are interested in raises as opposed to their contribution. They're just yeah. like, I want to make more money. If you find that you're questioning whether your ego is getting in the way, three books, super quick, I want to mention Fierce Conversations, yeah. Susan Scott. Man, she does a really great book. It's Orange and White, I think. It's a really great book about having the right conversations in order to get people to agree with you, but also to learn more about yourself and others. Insanely Simple by Kid Seagal. He worked in Apple during the Steve Jobs era. He talks about Steve Jobs' leadership style and what he learned from that. I think it's important that ultra talented people follow ultra talented people, but also understand that ultra talented may come with some level of ego. Insanely Simple is a great way of hearing the story of a really talented man, follow another talented man, and they both had egos, and how that worked out. And Good to Great by Jim Collins. Awesome book about sort of growth, right? And so I think between those three books, Insanely Simple, Fierce Conversations, and Good to Great, I think if you're questioning whether ego may be something for you, I think those three books can be really Great as providing some cornerstone information as to how to be introspective, how to gain good feedback, and how to see how you're being perceived.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. And so you asked me to hold the second question, but now I got to insert another question before we get to that question, just because. Okay, right. Although I think it it will play kind of nicely and lead right in, but this conversation around trusted advisors. Right. You know, it's one of the things that so many business owners fail at is recognizing number one, you didn't go to school for business. Yep. Number two, if you did go to school for business, what they taught you was crap and it isn't representative of the real world. Yeah. Right. And then number three, I gotta go it alone. Right. I got to go it alone because I am the lone ranger, the business owner. But it's not until we recognize that every successful person has a coach, every successful person has that trusted advisor. So tell me about the role trusted advisors have been for you and how they've helped shape you and
1: where do you find them? Okay. So first. I think that, Tiba, there are different sorts of trusted advisors, right? There are coaches. There are mentors, which coaches and mentors mm-hmm. are different due to kind of, yeah. I think, the role that they play for us. Then trusted advisors can be attorneys, your tax preparer, your accountant, people in your life that are important for the infrastructure of your business that don't. Directly work for you, but that bring in their subject matter expertise in order to help your business to flourish. And then there's trusted advisors that are people that you hold in high regard in your life and or in your industry. They may not necessarily be a part of your company, and they may not necessarily be a part of your exact vertical of business. But they may be right. in your industry. They may be someone that you really just appreciate. They may be doing great things in their vertical and they're there as a source of support, a source of networking. So for me, there's like three sort of types. There's the sort of hierarchy one where there's a coach or a mentor, mentee, coach, coachy, teacher, student. There's another one where it's about everyone that complements and supports your business. And then there are individuals that, You just respect and trust their opinion, their vision, what they're accomplishing. And those people are trusted advisors for you. Next part of your question about how do you find them? Here's how I found my folks. I look for people that are, that really support the vision of the business and supporting the vision of the business is in what you do, not what you say. So these Mm -hmm. are people that are really great at follow up. These are people that refer me business. These are people that advocate for me. They connect me with other people. They do the activities to show that I should trust them. They don't tell me that it's great. They don't tell me that it's a good idea. They don't say let's meet. These are people that put those things into action and never ask or discuss really any of it with me. They know what a great looking customer for me is. They know what a good opportunity fit for me might be. They don't even have to ask me. They are linking me in with text threads, with group chats, in emails, and they're being a source of referrals and connections and activity. Even if they don't have the capacity to do that, they're thinking of me consistently with things that they are being introduced to in their business and lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's really good. Now. Unfortunately, we don't have time for me to ask you the next question. Uh But that only means we got to do this again sometime soon so that we can continue and answer that next question. Okay. Uh, Before we go, though, Dion, what I would love for you to do, because we have kind of talked about a lot of your past, but we didn't talk much about your present. Okay. Right? So tell everybody what you do now who you serve and how they can find you
1: all right cool before i do that guys very quickly because we're short on time i want you guys to pause this and whatever you're looking at and go give atiba and this show some likes some shares some follows send it out to somebody else do a five star rating on this right now he's putting out great value for you guys and trust me all content creators in every industry will agree that it really helps to be supported and to see that support translate into follow shares likes comments all that so if you're listening to my voice right now pause me so i'm still gonna tell you where i'm at pause me do that activity come back and then you'll hear about where i'm at so for the people that just came back or were listening Uh, I'm Dion Brown, I am a business coach. I'm an upcoming author. I run a podcast in my own called Man vs Brand. I have companies that work with business owners in coaching capacities and team formation capacities. So if you're interested in anything I'm doing, I have three websites that you can check out. Same thing with the social media handles. It's deonbrown.com, D-E-E-O-N-B-R-O-W-N.com. You'll learn about me. It'll have links to all the other things that I do. So you can check those out. Project Big Brand. It's a company through which I do my coaching and a lot of my team building. And thirdly, Man vs. Brand is a podcast. It's not as great as this man's podcast but it's not that bad, It's <laughs> all right? It's okay, yeah, it it's nice. So make sure you check that out too. And uh, it's been such a pleasure, man, to be on this. I really appreciate it.
0: Hey, Dion, know the pleasure is mine, man. It was a great conversation. Thank you for, I mean, the perspective. Absolutely. right. And pulling it all together and really being able to, like we said in the beginning, do <sighs> so much that you learned from the beginning, working in corrections all the way through it, to now yeah and helping people grow now and so that's awesome it's awesome to see somebody who's taking life experience and turning it into passion and is helping more people so thank you man for what you are doing and what you continue to do if you've been listening to us do me a favor do me a favor listen to this again and you're doing me this favor for yourself because there's some gems in here that dion dropped okay about understanding your organization and your culture and let's face it you and i we started businesses and we do have ego we do but it's time we put them aside listen to some of what this man had to say today because if you're falling short in some ways and you need to step up your management now's the time to do it the world needs your business the world needs what you do but if you're the holdup You're selling everybody short. So, thank you all for being here. Dion, as always, man, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye.